0: My name is Keith Beavers, and I mowed a lawn for the first time in 30 years. Um, I'm not good at it. I need help. What's going on, wine lovers? Welcome to episode 18 of Vine Pairs Wine 101 podcast season, Dose. My name is Keith Beavers. I'm the tasting director of VinePair, and you are very cool. Okay, (laughs) this is a big one. It's a little bit crazy. Everyone's confused about it all the time. I was confused about it for a long time. Moscato, Muscatel, Muscat. What is this stuff? We gotta talk about it. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by Barefoot Wines. At Barefoot Wines, we believe life is more fun when we're together. That's why Barefoot has something for everyone with a diverse collection of delicious, refreshing wines that are sure to have you reaching for another sip. Looking for a smooth, silky Pinot Noir? How about a bright, juicy Riesling? Need some bubbles for your brunch? Whatever your taste, Barefoot Wine has you covered. Head over to barefootwine.com and use our flavor profile tool to find your perfect match barefoot wine get barefoot and have a great time you know i i I think about sometimes what it was like for me when i was coming up in wine and i was obsessed with it and i felt like i had to know everything about it so the times that there are times when i saw a subject matter or like a grape variety or a family of grapes And it overwhelmed me so much that I would just ignore it. (laughs) I would ignore it for a long time. So ADD. But when I finally got around to it, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. All right. All right. And this is the reason why I even do this, this whole thing, this wine 101, teaching wine and all this stuff, is because I know what it's like to be that confused about a thing in wine. And I understand the history of wine and the history of snobbery and all that, so it's amazing. what This episode here is one of those subjects that confused me for a long time. I was like, what is going on? And it's insane, and it's a little confusing even right now as I'm talking about it to you. And this subject is a grape or a family of grapes called Muscat. And what's crazy is the word Muscat, this is not the original name for this grape. This grape has been around forever. They're actually, it's believed that this is the oldest wine grape ever cultivated by, by humans. I know I said, you know, we talk about Pinot Noir, how old Pinot Noir is. Never said that it was the oldest. We just said it's very old. This Muscat is probably the oldest variety cultivated. And being that it was probably the oldest, it's probably the oldest grape cultivated That means that it has been hanging out in the Mediterranean for so long and traveling all over the Mediterranean and then across the world and has mutated so many times and has had cross-pollinations with other varieties that the Muscat grape family is huge. It's one of the largest grape families out there. Not only that, but Muscat grapes are... Yellow, you know, like the yellowish for the white wine, but it can also be pink or black, which we in the wine industry or wine world, black is basically red wine grapes. And even crazier is it can change from vintage to vintage, it can slightly change in color. That's just how old these things are. It's just nuts. And the wines that are made from the Muscat grapes are often going to be sweet. Sometimes they're dry, but they're often sweet. Sometimes they're bubbly no matter what color they are and almost every country or wine, yeah almost every country that makes wine has some form of not all of them but there's a lot of countries out there that have some form of the muscat grape wine and this is where things get really confusing for our purposes here in this episode there are two distinct varieties of Muscat. And throughout the world, they either use one or the other or both. And depending on the, their you know, the, that country's language, the history of the grape there, it has its own name. So you could be drinking wine made from the Muscat grape, but it's a wine called Zibibo. It's the Muscat grape. It or it is a a progeny of the muscat grape of one of these big two. That's where the confusion lies. Is everyone has their own style, but it, it really a lot. It all kind of comes from two distinct varieties. One is Muscat Blanc à Petit Grain. We'll get to that in a second. The other one is Muscat of Alexandria. These are the two most Known and most used um, muscat grapes. And then these are also the two that have spawned other varieties of mus- muscat around the world. And actually, the first one, Muscat Blanc à Petit Grand, is a parent of Muscat of Alexandria. So it's all kind of connected. And it's thought that. Muscat Blanc a petit grand is superior to Muscat of Alexandria. In general, um, and I don't know if someone's making wine from Muscat of Alexandria and it's good. Like what, 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 what are you talking about? And it really the superior inferior. It's not really about that so much as it is about what the two varieties have to to give. So the. The Muscat Blanc-Petit grand is more aromatic. You this is where you get the classic orange blossom honeysuckle stuff coming from. You know, it's, it's 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 very expressive. Whether it's dry or if it's fizzy or if it's sweet, it's very expressive. And the muscat of Alexandria, this is the this is really interesting because this is the wine, you know, whenever I do tasting classes with people and I ask them to smell and tell me what they smell. And I say, look, if it smells like grapes, let me know because that's a, that it's wines made from grapes. So it's okay to say that a wine smells like grapes. Well, wines made from a of Alexandria are (laughs) grapey. I mean, they basically smell like grape juice. They can be sweet, slightly aromatic, a little bit savory sometimes, but they are grapey. And what's also kind of, I don't know, annoying? I don't know if it's annoying or it's cumbersome. I don't know, but like, muscat blanc or petit grand, like, does it have to have that long of a name? But it makes sense because muscat blanc means the white muscat. Petit grand means small grain or small seeds. And this particular variety of muscat, this old, 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 one of the probably the oldest variety of muscat, has small seeds and it's also nice and round. And actually, sometimes it's referred to as Muscat Blanc Appetit Grand Rondes, which means round. And this, this one, <laughs> this Muscat has. There's a there's a so uh, Jedi Wine Master uh, Jancis Robinson. She was part editor and and, write, and author of the Oxford Wine Companion, but she also was part contributor um, an amazing book called Wine Grapes. Very simple name, but a huge tome of just wine parentage, like the whole genealogy of every grape <laughs> that they could find. It was, it's insane. And in that book, there are at least 60 synonyms for this grape alone. Just to give you I'm not going to go through all of them, of course, but just to give you a sense Muscat d'Alsace, Muscateller, Muscato Bianco, Muscat d'Asti, Muscatel de Frontignan, Muscatel Bronco, White Muscat, Muscat Canelli, Ruméni Muscat, Sarga Muscatali. These are all names of wines made from Muscat Blanc à Petit Grand. And it's believed that this is the grape that was established in the Greek settlement of Massilia, which is now the southern French city of Marseille. And that city is very far in the east of the southern arch of the Mediterranean coast of France near Provence. So if you keep going west, what's really cool is you hit a town called Montpellier, and after you hit Montpellier, there's a town called Frontignan. And then that town is where they think that the Romans um, started planting this variety. And if you keep going west from there, but when you're going towards the Pyrenees, you hit this beautiful, amazing town called Narbonne, ancient town called Narbonne. And it's thought that this particular Muscat was already established in that area by the Gauls. So this thing's been around for a long time, and it wasn't always called muscat. Muscat is a word they it, they believe it's something. There's a couple. There's a couple of theories. One is because these wines are so aromatic um, that the the French use the word musk or musque, m u s q u e, which for them is basically the aroma of musk, and that aroma originated from the. Uh, a gland of a musk deer. So that musky, musky smell they associated with this wine. And there's a thought that Muscat comes from musk. The other theory, and this one's really fun. The Muscat grape, when it's on the vine, because of the amount of sugar that it produces and the sweetness, it attracts bees a lot. So there it's thought that there's a, there was a grape that was referenced by the ancient Greeks And I cannot figure out how to pronounce this. Actually, when you put this word, these two words in to Google, it says, we don't know how to pronounce this. So I'm going to try. It's called Anathilicon Muscaton. I'm not sure what the first word means, but I know the second word is very similar to Mosca, which means fly. And then you have um, Pliny the Elder, who was an ancient Roman agronomist and wrote a lot about wine. He called the wine Uva Apiana, and Apé means "be" in Italian. I, I just love that historical connecting things together stuff. It's so cool, and what's even cooler is this particular Muscat Muscat Blanc à Petit grand. Ugh, so hard to say sometimes. They, they, it's very hard. DNA profiling has had a hard time finding its origins, but they believe that this all started in Greece. And what's interesting about that is there is a a wonderful wine in Greece. It's called Moscifilero, and it tastes just like Muscato. Awesome stuff, guys! Awesome ancient stuff. And one more thing about this grape before I move on to the next one: you have experienced this particular Muscat Blanc petite Grand in. Moscato d'Asti, and that wine is from the Asti region of Piedmont, and we did an episode previously about Barolo and Barbaresco, talking about how important those wines are in Piedmont, but here's another mind bomb for you. Moscato Blanc, a Petit Grand, who the, the Italians refer to as Moscato, is the first grape to be documented in the history of Piedmont, not nebbiolo, not barbera, not dolcetto, Moscato. And actually through DNA profiling it is suggested that out there if you see a wine with muscat in the name, it's a there's a really good chance that this muscat was a parent of that muscat. And speaking of parents, the other muscat I want to talk about is as almost as ancient as Muscat Blanca Petit Grand and is actually its progeny. So Petit Grand at some point cross-pollinated with a grape called Axina de Tres Bias, which is really not around that much, and created the grape Muscat of Alexandria. I mean, how much easier is that to say? Am I right? This is the other very popular Muscat. It also has dozens and dozens of synonyms. It was spread around the Mediterranean mainly by the Romans. That's why sometimes it's called uh, Muscat Romaine. And where Petit Grand is known for its aromatics, you know, this is, it's, it's known for the orange blossom and, and all that, the Muscat of Alexandria is just known for its sweetness. It's known for its grapiness. Like, it can literally smell like grape juice sometimes, like Capri Sun style. This is the uh, Muscat in Chile, that is distilled into a brandy named Pisco. And there's also a wine, and you, you'll see it around. It's called Zibibo. And it's a wine from Sicily. In this part of the world, they call Muscat of Alexandria Zibibo. And they believe it's derived from the Arabic word for raisin, because these grapes are really great for you know, making raisins. And the, it's, there was a big occupation by the Carthaginians in Sicily who were Arabs, so they think that that's where that came from. And speaking of raisins, uh, California does make wine from Muscat of Alexandria, but California also produces raisins from this grape. Huh. And actually, to this day, this Muscat of Alexandria is a, I don't know if it's popular, but it is a table grape in Britain. And they grow it under glass like they did back in the day in New England. If you want to know about that craziness, check out my Zinfandel episode. If you're drinking Muscatel from Spain, it's Muscat of Alexandria. If you're drinking Haniput from South Africa, it's Muscat of Alexandria. In Australia, they have Gordo Blanco and Lexia. That is also Muscat of Alexandria. Lexia is kind of a... Alexia, Alexandria kind of like goes with that. And, you know, this wine is associated with, you know... Uh, The sweetness. It can be very, very sweet, these wines. Like Zibibo can be, like, very sweet. Um, Of course, so can the other Muscat and all the other Muscats that come from that. But the thing is, one of the the things I wanted to kind of tell you guys about is that what's really fun is drinking Moscato dry. There's just something so i like to say special, because the first time I experienced it, I did not know what was going on, you know, because I was in the same boat as you guys, and the, the, the Moscatos, the Moscats that I knew was basically from Italy, and then just random stuff that I would try in my life. Um, Zabibo, I would actually poured Zabibo by the glass at one point in my Italian restaurant. Um, but when you, and you know, a lot of it's sweet, but when you have a dry Moscato, whether it's from um, the Moscato of Alexandria, which you can actually find some really good ones in, uh, in California, or whether it's from uh, Muscat Blanc of Petit Grand, the dry version of Moscato is so wild in that when you smell it, your nose is like, I'm smelling Moscato. You smell all the sweetness. You smell the orange blossoms if it's one of them. You, know, you smell all the stuff. The honey, the this, the almonds, and all. But when you sip it, it's not there so much. It's a very subtle sweetness. And it's crazy because it's it's more like it's a scented wine. It's a naturally scented wine because of how aromatic these varieties are. But because the yeast has had its way with the wine and fermented to dryness, the palate is like it's like almost like river rock minerality with these suggestions of the aromas you have on your nose on the palate. It's just wild. And they're so refreshing and they're very enjoyable and they're balanced. They're cool. If you ever get a chance to try a dry Moscato, do it. Okay. So I hope I gave you guys a little bit of clarity there about this Moscato, Muscat stuff. It can be confusing, but if you start here, you'll start getting a sense of it. And as you drink more wines from this family of grapes, you'll kind of, you just, you just know what you're drinking. And I think it's important because I didn't for a long time. <laughs> I hope you guys do. All right. Find here Keith is my Insta. Rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcast from. It really helps get the word out there. day see you next week this episode of wine 101 is sponsored by barefoot wines at barefoot wines we believe life is more fun when we're together that's why barefoot has something for everyone with a diverse collection of delicious refreshing wines that are sure to have you reaching for another sip looking for a smooth silky pinot noir how about a bright juicy riesling need some bubbles for your brunch whatever your taste barefoot wine has you covered head over to barefootwine.com and use our flavor profile tool to find your perfect match barefoot wine get barefoot and have a great time